Hey, film fans. I'm Jackie Lynn here with Dave Demarest for the next episode of our new show, Dollar Theater. By now, you may know that we like bad movies, but we thought it was time to start talking about some good movies, too. This week, we watched Can't Hardly Wait, starring Ethan Embry, Charlie Corsmo, Lauren Ambrose, Peter Facinelli, Seth Green, Jennifer Love Hewitt. What a fun cast, guys. It's got a 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. So we'll get started shortly and let you know what we think. Our guest tonight is Danielle Lemoyne. This gal has some awesome geek cred. First of all, her dog is named Clark Kent, so you know she's serious. And in high school, you may have better known her as Buffy. That's pretty awesome, Danielle. Um, she is also a super Batman fan. You may remember her from our Batman and Robin podcast on Was It That Bad? Not so long ago. Danielle, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Awesome. Great. Great to have you. All right, Dave, can't hardly wait. What do you think? So I think everyone kind of has that, that high school movie for them that just hit them at the right time because they were the same age as the people involved. Uh, maybe for a generation before the three of us, that movie might have been The Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller's Day Off, maybe Say Anything. For a generation after us, maybe that movie was Super Bad or Juno. But for me, that movie is this movie, Can't Hardly Wait. This came out my senior year of high school. And I, so I was a senior. All the cast were seniors in this. And you kind of resonate with the people that are your age when, when you see them in a movie and you see them doing things that, you know, you've seen or done. And I have no delusions that this, this is a perfect movie. But this is a movie that I watch and I still enjoy even as an adult. Um, just great performances. The story is very nice. Um, yeah, just for me, this, this is the number one high school movie that I've seen many times. I probably watched this 50 times when I was in high school and then maybe like another 10 to 20 since then and about three this week prepping for this podcast so and it what not once did it feel painful so this is a movie i still very much enjoy um so i'm interested to hear both of your thoughts on it as well um danielle what are yours i love this movie um it's my favorite high school movie and i agree with what you said um it came out my senior year and I just thought it was so funny, you know, and, you know, we've talked about this. I'm, I'm pretty picky when it comes to humor. Um, a lot of things that people like, I don't find funny. So this movie, I find hysterical. It's just like scene after scene. I'm laughing. Uh, it was a great cast, uh, lots of fun. I just really enjoyed it. I had a blast watching it yesterday. Excellent. I think one of the things that resonates is that we look at all these characters and most people will say, like, I knew someone like Mike Dexter or I knew a Denise Fleming or a Preston Myers or a William Lichter or a Kenny Fisher. We look at all these characters and you say, OK, that's that's someone I know or I know of or I was friends with. So this is one of the things that kind of resonates with me a little bit, maybe with other the two of you, maybe a little bit. Um, Jackie, I know this was a, a first time viewing for you. So where where did you land on that as seeing it for the first time as an adult? 
Yeah, you're right. Um, this was kind of a blind spot for me before now. And, you know, this is just a fun teen romantic comedy that completely flew past my radar. So I really enjoyed it. It, it was different and I hadn't seen a, a teen movie like this before. And I w was honestly not expecting to as much as I did. So that was pretty fun. Um, I mean, what a party. Did you guys ever go to parties <laughs> like this? Uh, not in high school, but, okay. you know, po po post high school. Yeah. But nothing, uh, nothing like this happened to me at high school. I watch this now and I'm watch also watching Euphoria and I'm just seeing like all these things and I'm like, wow, this totally does not reflect my high school experience at all. <laughs> so. You know, I always saw these high school, whenever I saw these in high school movies, um, I was, I always wondered, I'm like, is this what high school is really like? Is this what I should expect? And I didn't realize that they were kind of presenting like the most extreme end of the spectrum, which is hilarious. Uh, and, you know, I think the title of the movie is really appropriate. Everybody has this life changing agenda and all these revelations that are all going to happen in this very short period of time at this particular party and it's it's a hilarious ride i enjoyed it definitely um so the cast we have the star of this movie this movie doesn't and we've kind of talked about this throughout the week the movie doesn't really have like a clear-cut star but probably the most famous person in this movie at the time was jennifer love hewitt mm -hmm. so she had been she had been around. She was previously, she was in I Know What You Did Last Summer. She was in Party of Five. And then Ethan Embry, who's well-traveled. He had been in Empire Records, um, that thing you do. But he was always kind of like the geeky guy. And now to see him as kind of like a leading man in this a little bit. Um, Seth Green, who had been on Buffy and was kind of known from the Austin Powers movies. Uh, Peter Facinelli and Lauren Ambrose were kind of newcomers at this point. But really good ensemble. Danielle, was there anyone in this who really stood out to you? Um, well, I, I think I, I told you yesterday that it's going to be an ode to, uh, Seth Green. Okay. I, I thought, I thought Seth Green was amazing. And from my perspective, I think Ethan Embry is the main character because everything kind of branches off of him. Um, so I kind of found him to be the main character and, and I don't really, I find him to kind of be a weak character. Um, like I like the supporting cast more um in my opinion however ethan embry does glow, grow up to be a very good looking man so i almost <laughs> feel bad for saying that <laughs> so uh so yeah but but yeah um seth green is just so funny he nails that role and he's such a good actor absolutely uh jackie same question uh anyone stand out for you in this cast you know i'm gonna agree with seth green his thug act is hilarious he <laughs> plays it pretty naturally too yes and you know not as natural as like dan Aykroyd over in the cone heads um but still i bought the act um he always has this knack for a natural comedic timing and uh dare i say maybe he improvised some of this oh um, yeah but he's in the awkwardness and hilarity of that bathroom scene. I can't wait to talk about that. He <laughs> made me laugh the most. All right. In addition to like the lead cast, this movie has like a lot of hidden gems, like below 
kind of the six leads in this movie. So we have Melissa Joan Hart. She's the yearbook girl. Um, who else comes to mind? Jason Siegel. This is his. He's in a. He has. He's in this movie for like two minutes, but this is his first movie role. Sean Patrick Thomas, who we've talked about a little bit, is kind of like Jackie. We've covered not another teen movie. Sean Patrick Thomas in this was kind of the token black guy in this movie. There's oh, one scene. Yeah. One scene kind of comes to mind where everybody's talking and all just out of nowhere, he just goes, women. And that's like, that's his line in the, in the scene. <laughs> so it was kind of, that was kind of modeled after him and not another teen movie. Um, Danielle, was there anyone who had like a bit part in this who kind of stood out for you a little bit? Well, I was so happy to see Amber Benson. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Amber Benson. She's from Buffy as yes. well. So it was... Uh, it was cool to see her um, play a Duvall. That was that yeah, was cool. yeah. Um, who else did I have written? Eric Balfour. I was yeah, so yeah. To see him. Um, we got a lot of six feet under alumni in this one. Yes. Um, so uh, and what else? Yeah, you already mentioned. Oh, Brick and Meyer. Yeah, yeah. And there's some internet stuff about about uh, his involvement in this movie that we'll yes. get into later. I, yeah, I did see some of that myself. So, I mean, there's just so many. It's like, uh, it's just an amazing cast. They they did, you know, a lot of movies don't drill down that far, you know? No. So, you know, so it's, you know, it's a lot of like token people. Like they got a lot of up and comers and, you know, and some names and, you know, it's just, it's cool. Definitely. And also Jamie Presley was like, she's in this as girlfriend number one. She was, she wound up being the lead character in another teen movie. Um, Nicole Hilderback is in this as the girl who's ready to have sex with Kenny. Um, We talked about her on our last episode because she was in Bring It On. Um, Jackie, was there anyone, same question for you. Was there anyone outside of the main six cast that kind of like stood out a little bit for you? Yeah, you you did mention her briefly, but I was really excited to see Melissa Joan Hart. I know she was in it very briefly as well, and but she had a funny little character running around yeah. trying to get her yearbook signed, and it was really sweet. And I know we've brought her up in several other sure. shows, and she just <laughs> wasn't making the cut for these <laughs> other roles. So yeah. I'm glad she finally got her role and to see her in something. It's, it's weird. This movie, um, you talked about the 6.1 IMDb. It was only in theaters for about three weeks and hmm. it was kind of co- considered a commercial failure. It was $11 million budget made $25 million. So it didn't lose money, but not as this movie kind of got greenlit uh, in interviews with the directors, Harry Alpha and Deborah Kaplan. They said after the success of Scream, this movie got greenlit, not because the teen genre, not necessarily horror, was greenlit as something that could be successful and make money. And the success of this movie kind of came later uh, through DVDs and cable. I know I had seen this movie for the first time on VHS, kind of aging myself a little bit here. I didn't see this in the theaters I saw it later. Danielle, when was the first time you saw this? Was it at the theaters or? No, it was. It probably was VHS. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> sad, but true. <laughs> right. So we're all on the same page. Um, why don't we just get right into it? We could take a quick break and we'll talk about our favorite scenes. 
right, we're back. So favorite scenes. Um, some of these are scenes, and then some of them are things that just happen at the party because this is an all, kind of an all-in-one-day movie. But the first thing I like, and I'll talk about this a little, expand on this a little bit, I like the needle drop character intros that we get in this movie. So we get kind of like a yearbook quotes from these people. We, we are introduced to them kind of just here they are. Um, Preston Myers, Ethan Embry's character, is introduced. Eve Six, open road song plays. And then we see he has um, an Oscar Wilde quote. Same thing with Denise Fleming, Lauren Ambrose's character. Uh, she also is introduced by Eve Six. And we zoom in and we see um, do, 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 do. another Oscar Wilde quote. Mike Dexter has like a generic rock theme to him. And he has an Al Davis, the owner of the Raiders quote. William Lichter has this like nerdy music play a little bit. Of course, he has an Einstein quote. Uh, Kenny Fisher, uh, Buster Rhymes is playing when he's introduced. Then he has a, a Tupac quote. And then we say, my favorite of these is Amanda Beckett. When Jennifer Love Hewitt is introduced in the movie, kind of like little, maybe about 20 minutes in. And the song Sneaker uh, by Sneaker Pips, Six Underground. It plays and she has a jewel quote. Normally, as a film goer, I don't like my handheld. I just like to figure things out for myself. But in this instance, I think it works with them just telling you directly who these people are and the, the people that their quotes are kind of like sink in with who they are. Jackie, what'd you, what'd you think of these character interests? You know, I don't like my handheld either. So I've, I typically have mixed feelings about these introductions like this. You know, they usually do that in like a heist movie. Mm -hmm. However, I think you're right. I think this was appropriate for this film. I didn't mind it. And there's a good handful of characters and kind of not a necessarily a centralized main character. So just having a little less randomness to that they're introducing to us and asking us to follow throughout the film. It was appropriate. Didn't mind it. All right. Uh, Danielle, what'd you think of the, the character interest? I, I liked it. Um, I, I got a kick out of Williams because and the like 500 activities that he's yes. in. Yes. Thought that was so funny. There's uh, a list here, but that would make oh, us oh. a three hour pod. <laughs> so don't elaborate too much. Sure. Yeah. He was in a lot of clubs. Trivia. <laughs> Trivia alert. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. So I liked that a lot. And um, yeah, I liked all of them. I thought it was, I thought it was creative. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. I admit I had to, I had to look up. I downloaded the Amanda Beckett song today when it came out. I was I was at the gym earlier. The Sneaker Pimps Six Underground song. Good a uh, good needle drop when she when she comes in. I, I like a good needle drop in a movie. Uh, Jackie, what's the scene that you had noted? I think I'm going to go right to the bathroom scene. Oh, okay, we're fast forward. Okay, cool. I like it. That was making me laugh so hard. Derek had to come up to upstairs and check on me. <laughs> he didn't know what was going on, but I don't remember the last time I laughed so hard during a movie. <laughs> so that was really great. Um, you know, it's, it's setting up this Seth green preparing for his big moment, losing his virginity. Oh my gosh. He's down. He's got his backpack full of it's the love kit. his, his, accessories oh yeah the love kit and he's you know he's got his condoms he's got his Sutra book he's got a special love candle and you know it's he's practicing 
Kamasutra in the bathroom and balancing all <laughs> over the place. And he gets a little too revved up and carried away there. And so next we know what he's using a hairdryer to dry off his crotch and his pants and he's balancing <laughs> and he's got condoms in his mouth. And then Denise walks in. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It, De- it was definitely it was so much fun. <laughs> uh, Danielle, what's the scene that you liked? I, I need to add on to that sure. because that's my favorite scene too. All right. Um, when he says premature evacuation <laughs> on the floor, I thought that was so funny. Um, and then with the dryer, what the motion that he's making, what he's, <laughs> what he's using the dryer that Denise walks in on is hysterical. Um, that's a, that's a great scene. Um, another one, like maybe a second place, would be when William's singing. Um, oh, yeah, Paradise City. Yep. Uh, and the girls are going crazy, you know, yeah. and, and like, he's he's just, him being drunk through the movie was just hysterical, all his scenes where he's drunk. Such a great arc for him because I have, his intro is one of my scenes, and it's just, he starts off, he's going to this party essentially just to get revenge on Mike Dexter for, like, ruining his high school career. And then, you know, just give him, like, one beer, and he's, he's just rocking out to Paradise City and, you know, and it just the high school's over at this point. So kind of the elements of high school, we see him, he's this nerdy guy. But at the end, he's arguably the coolest guy at this party. So it was a really good, really good character arc for him, I thought. So it was, that was a good call on that one. Um, another scene I have here, I, I I like these these intros, the Mike Dexter intro where they're they're sitting at the they're sitting just eating burgers before the party. And just he he has broken up with Amanda. His friends are telling him, you know, this was a bad idea. But then he kind of convinces them to break up with their girlfriends, too. And we see these guys. They're kind of funny. This is um, what the heck's his name? This Freddie Rodriguez. We see him another six feet under alum and Sean Patrick Thomas. We see them. They're friends. We, you can kind of tell. I remember seeing this for the first time when they say they're going to break up with their girlfriends, you know, they're ultimately going to see their girlfriends for the first time at this party. And then just kind of like retreat on this plan and listening to Mike here probably isn't in their best interest. Jackie, what would you think of that scene? Oh, that was fun. And you could totally tell where that was going. You knew (laughs) they, they weren't going to follow through on that advice, but I love how (laughs) they think there's going to be this, all these loose women at college, (laughs) <laughs> like the, all these fields and fields of women who are just really putting it out there. And okay, <laughs> that sounds very realistic. Definitely. Um, another one I have here is another interesting the Kenny, the Kenny intro. They, when we see them, and they're at the convenience store, and um, he opens his love kit. He's like the dialogue. Ninety. They say ninety-two percent of honey is a UCA. UCLA sexually active, 92% of women go in class or sex. What shall I do? 92%. And he's just, just coming out banging on all cylinders already. And it, he shows shows the love kit to his friends and he gets kind of mocked. And he's, he's like, he's got a list of 10 lucky girls that are going to get an opportunity to special K. Opportunity. So, <laughs> so yeah, he was just—he was so funny in this movie. I love him. I know Danielle. This was this was your favorite. So, what do you think of his introduction into this movie? Oh, he—he he said he. Uh, what was the other part? He said he had a ninety-two percent chance. Embarrassing myself, I roll up on that shorty like you don't know twenty different ways to make me call, make yes. me call you Big Papa because I don't yo. 
And then the other guy was like, rest in peace. <laughs> I, I loved when that, when he did the rest in peace thing, that guy. Uh, I was cracking up. I actually have that written down, just rest in peace uh, as my note. Um, I thought it was great. I mean, I literally love every scene that Kenny, Seth Green is in. Every yes. single scene. Yeah. Um, Jackie, what's another scene you have? I'm going to call it Justice for William. Sure. Uh, we kind of touched on it earlier, but I, I love his story of revenge. And, you know, usually in teen movies, we see some version of a satisfying and mortifying revenge. But that totally backfired for him yes. in this movie. So that actually made it more interesting. And, you know, like you said, um, one drink and he completely forgets his mission and he ends up nearly befriending this jerk <laughs> and they're they're drinking buddies and the you know the cops show up and they accidentally get chloroformed by his buddies and ooh, <laughs> that's a mess and the guy ends up sticking up for him in jail and yep. um he gets off the hook so what a nice Payback, however, that balanced out. Right. Um, yeah. So he does right. He does right by him. You know, he tells him, you know, this was my fault. He, Mike Dexter tells the cops. But then when William goes to see him at the diner later the next day, Mike was the same dude again. He was just like messing with him. And then we see kind of like at the end of the movie, we see Mike gained a lot of weight and lost his football scholarship. And then William started a tech company, became a millionaire, is dating a supermodel. So we see, um, you know, Ultimately, the, the, the scale is balanced out at the end there. Yes. Um, another scene I have here, not really a scene, but just something funny. I thought this was kind of like um, pre-catfishing being a term. Um, we see the two nerdy guys on the roof. The, these were William's friends. And the one guy is like, isn't this the week you're supposed to meet your girlfriend from the internet? Mm -hmm. And he's like, uh, she has some photo shoot in Fiji. Well, that's just the price you pay for dating Christy Thurlington. <laughs> I was like, this was before the word catfish was in our lexicon. So I, just, I thought that was like a funny thing that happened in this, in this movie. Uh, Danielle, do you have another scene that you want to know? Oh, uh, oh, wait. Before, oh, we, before we stray away from that, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, Dan. No, no. Um, I wanted to talk about those nerds a little bit more because I had that. It's one of my favorites. Okay. And how they're, they're hanging out on the rooftop and entertaining themselves. And... <laughs> I like the part where one's playing with his retainer and he's pretending it's a Klingon warship. <laughs> 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 and then they have, they're using their flashlights and pretending they're lightsabers and having a <laughs> lightsaber battle. And one guy pushes the other and he's like, Hey, Luke doesn't push Vader. <laughs> <laughs> and they start fighting and almost fall off the roof. And there's a point where they fall asleep on their post. <laughs> This could be a future Disney Plus Star Wars show. Who, who knows? <laughs> Somewhere down the line. I like those nerds. Uh, definitely, they were they were funny. Danielle, what what you got? I am sex machine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that dude. <laughs> the, <laughs> the scene where um, Preston is kind of like just give kind of like hyping himself up to give the letter to Amanda, and he gives it like this big emotional speech. She's like, "Any words of advice?" He's like. I am a sex machine. Like, just cool. Because it was like a really good monologue there by Ethan Embry. And it was a really good scene, well acted by him. And then it just 
like who, we're like who's he talking to and he's talking to the one guy at the party who doesn't speak english so it was a really good scene i liked him i, I just uh i loved how they were they had him in, in like in a circle and they were all <laughs> like telling him things to say right know? and everything was like raunchy you know every single thing <laughs> So and then you know throughout the movie he just randomly uses those lines. The other one was would you like to touch my penis? <laughs> <laughs> that was his other line. Yeah. So he was like randomly going up to people and just like saying that. So it was just it was just so funny, you know. Yep. I have friends that would have done something like that. That reminds me of friends I had in in <laughs> high school. I definitely have friends that would have done that to a foreign exchange student without a doubt. Yeah, probably mean, but in the context of this movie, which was which I just adore, it was it was pretty funny. Um, our our uh, foreign oh, sorry, exchange Jackie. student at our high school, she was teaching us all the naughty words. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. What what language was it? German. Okay, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I'm sure those sounded cool. <laughs> they did. Yeah, it was cool. All right. Uh, another thing I have here, which was kind of just a, like a ridiculous scene, but I, I still liked it. Uh, the circumstances of Amanda getting the letter, which was just like kind of improbable. But we start off, uh, somebody threw Melissa Joan Hart's yearbook in the garbage. So she's like yanking out. And so the letter comes out of the garbage can. A girl steps in gum, which tracks the letter to her shoe. The letter comes back into the party. Um, there's a keg. The keg rolls over, over the letter. Um, there's guys pl- pre- practicing hockey with a broom. One guy hits the letter with the broom and the letter goes into a record player. Kenny's friends are playing or rapping along with the record player. The letter inexplicably goes off the record player into a bowl, which is sitting right in front of Amanda. Amanda gets the letter, which will lead to ultimately everybody living happily ever after. This was a ridiculous scene, you know, in, improbable, but you know, just enjoy the movie. Jackie, what'd you, what'd you think of that? There were so many twists of fate in this movie. <laughs> and that is so approach for the teenage perspective like oh this is just meant to be and i guess that letter really was meant to be for jennifer love hewitt (laughs) danielle any thoughts on that well i mean fate was a theme of the movie you know so they kept talking about fate throughout so you know so it makes sense in that context definitely um, another one I had written down here was we had talked about the bathroom scene, but I thought the the conversation they had, uh, Kenny and Denise, I thought it was really good. Where we learned that, that they were friends in probably elementary school, and then when they when they got a little older, you know, I guess like the politics of middle school and high school kind of drifted them apart. Where Kenny needed to be seen with these certain group of people, and you know, so she kind of like pours her heart out to him, and I thought. Uh, Lauren Ambrose is really good in this scene. She tells him, you know, we used to play Miami Vice in my basement. Um, used to sleep in my house and you had to leave the hall light on because you were scared of the dark. Used to send me a card every Valentine's Day and those little chocolates with the words on them. And then he goes, in junior high, you stopped talking to me because I was in the smart classes and my parents didn't make a lot of money. And you needed to sit at the trendy table at the cafeteria. So I thought Lauren Ambrose was really strong in this scene. Uh, Danielle, I know you like Seth Green and uh, Lauren Ambrose in the scene. What'd you think of that? Oh, I, I I liked it a lot, and and there was more her making fun of his the way he talks. Was, yeah, yeah, was really funny. Um, so I yeah, I enjoyed it. Definitely good scene with the two of them. They had good chemistry. Jackie, any any thoughts on that? Oh yeah, just adding on 
to what you're saying, Danielle, when she makes fun of the way he talks and he finally switches gears. Yeah, yeah. And they have a, a, a conversation that's a little more understandable. That was a nice moment. Um, you know, Lauren Ambrose didn't really hit it home for me throughout the f- whole movie. That was kind of like her peak of the movie, that conversation. Um, however, I don't think that's her fault. It's it's a writing thing. It's not an actress thing. So nothing against her, but she didn't really have too much of more of an opportunity to the other characters. I got a couple more here, but do either of you have any scenes of note? Maybe we have the same ones written down here. The the uh, the klepto, who's Chris Owen. That's the Shermanator. <laughs> um... He, he just appears throughout the film and just takes random things. And yep. the best is the cop car. I was like, this dude going to steal the cop car, you know? And, and sure enough, it happened. I, I thought he was just so funny. It was just really random. Like, he was just stealing, like, the Love Burger t-shirts. Yes. Uh, he was in the, he would just randomly showed up in the convenience store with Kenny and his friends, and he was stealing things. And, yeah, I don't, I remember this guy from two roles it was this and then he was chuck sherman in american in american pie and yeah i thought he was he was really funny it was just random didn't yeah. necessarily serve a purpose but it was it was cool yeah it, it totally never went anywhere no one ever said anything never you know, got it, just, it was That's just like a, just a, a random thing that kept popping up throughout the movie and i thought that was really cool yep um another scene i have written down here is the scene where Mike tries to get Amanda back and just gets absolutely dominated in this scene. It was just really strong uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt in this scene because Mike's drunk. He realizes, you know, I just dumped Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm an idiot. And so he kind of tells her like, this is an opportunity for you to take me back. And she's like, what? You're a childish self-centered asshole. The music stops in the party. So it's just everybody, everybody's, centered on these two and it's just everybody watching this like it's like a wwe pay-per-view event just watching these two go at it and she's like you're drunk and we're over so why don't you just walk away save yourself the embarrassment and then he kind of tries to get in some like last minute quips he goes amanda (laughs) and everyone's just like okay mike and then now i'm not gonna repeat what somebody yells at him which was a little dated for this time but um he this we had talked about the elements of high school being out the window and this was, he went from the coolest guy to the biggest loser in the snap of a finger. Danielle, what'd you think of that scene? I enjoyed it. I, yeah. uh, I mean, he got what he deserved. Definitely. Definitely. So, so it was nice to see that happen, you know, Absolutely. and also to see that she wasn't like, she wasn't broken in any way over him, you know? So Definitely she not. like realized her worth, and you know that she was better than that situation so i i thought it was uh inspiring absolutely uh jackie what'd you what'd you think of that scene i really liked that scene and jennifer love hewitt she had to get to that point she was kind of before then because she realizes she's been defining herself by this relationship with this popular guy for four years and yep and how much has she missed out on? But I'm really glad you pointed out, Danielle, that she did rise above that and realized um, that she's and she doesn't need this guy. Definitely. Great scene. And yeah, good, good moment. Good acting from from J-Love. 
I got one more here, and it's uh, the final scene. Do either of you have anything you want to cite before we get into the Preston Amanda angle? I do. Sure. Yeah, I have another one, too. Go All ahead, right. Danielle. Hit it. Okay. Um, so I actually have two. Um, cool. So one, when the band was disbanding, and um, what's his name? Donald Faison. Faison. He says... Um, he calls Breckenmeyer the, the artist formerly known as Prince. <laughs> yeah, which was really accurate. And then Breckenmeyer calls him Hootie, <laughs> which was also accurate. So I thought that was a, a fun little little scene. I was really mad we didn't get to hear any Love Burger. I would have I would have loved to have heard what this band was about. Good point. It would have been nice, but but it's you know, but it's really funny that uh I mean at the end when they reconciled, they you know Yes. So we could have gotten a song, but oh well. And then the other thing with uh Jenna Elfman when her and Preston are talking and you know, she's trying to motivate him to you know, go after the love that he wants, and she thinks it's Barry Manilow. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And he's like, uh, uh, you know, and she's like, call him, you know? <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's okay. I don't think it's weird. <laughs> yeah, she was like, Scott Bayo. Yeah, yeah. She had, <laughs> she tried to get her moment with Scott Bayo. Let me yeah. add one more fun fact onto that scene. Um, this film takes place on Wednesday, June 17th, 1998, which was actually Barry Manilow's 55th birthday. Yes, yes. <laughs> Happy birthday, Barry Manilow in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that, that ties it in. The last scene that I have that maybe you both had as well was the the happy ending. We get Amanda and Preston. This this These two had... A lot of missed opportunities throughout the movie and finally due to the circumstances of her getting the letter and then her after she kind of curses him out she sees melissa joan hart was actually a useful character because she served she gave amanda the yearbook amanda looked at the yearbook saw holy shit this was the dude i just cursed out oh no and then she thankfully got to him at the train station um and they meet up they they kiss at the end we get at the end that they're still together to this day which i'll just choose to believe is is still the case um just a really nice scene good ending to this movie uh jackie any thoughts on that one i was glad it ended on a happy note i don't know what my takeaway would have been if that didn't work out between them it wouldn't have had the same tone of the movie it wouldn't have been as playful and fun so that was a really nice way to wrap it up i was kind of left wondering if this he was going to was like a week-long workshop right or how temporary was that arrangement i because i kept on wondering i'm like well can he say, can I see you when you come back <laughs> something, but whatever it worked out between them, happy sure. for them. And yes, I'm pretending they're still together to this day. <laughs> uh, Daniel, what'd you think of the epic? I, I think that he was gone for a while um, because it says um, when it's, I believe it says it when they're doing like the, what happens um, after like the little recaps and she wrote him a letter every day that he was away. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. So I imagine 
I feel like he was away for a while, you know, which, and I thought that was a nice little book ending because it's his letter that brings them together. And then in turn, she's writing him letters. So I thought that was like a sweet connection there. Definitely. Nice ending. Nice movie. Enjoyed it from, from beginning to end. Um, According to the internet. So we like to start these with casting. What if a lot of the casting almost are kind of internal. Um, for instance, the, the first choice to play Kenny Fisher was Brecken Meyer, who was at the time dating Deborah Kaplan, one of the directors, and they wound up, they're actually married to this day. And Brecken Meyer had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts with the movie 54, the Studio 54 movie with uh, Nev Campbell and Mike Myers and Ryan Felipe. Um, so he still was in the movie just as the lead singer of Love Burger in a much, much smaller part than Kenny Fisher. Um, obviously, I can't see anyone but Seth Green in this role, but Brecken Meyer is really talented, so it might have worked. I don't know. Either of you have any thoughts on Brecken Meyer as Kenny Fisher? Hell no. <laughs> I really like Seth Green in this Same. role. Same. I think I think this is this is Seth Green's role, but Breckenmeyer is somebody I like, you know, from Clueless and Road Trip. So it might have worked, would have been different for sure. Um, but yeah, probably worked probably worked out for the best here. Um, another one I have written down here, a name, not a household name, but Adam Han Bird, who was in the movie Little Man Tate with Jodie Foster, and he was also in Halloween H two O. He was the original choice for William Lichter and they wound up cutting him. Uh, Harry Alfont said in an interview, he felt really bad, like firing this guy essentially, but they knew what they wanted. And they said they looked at him and the paradise city scene. It just wasn't him. And so they wound up letting him go. Charlie Corsmo, who hadn't acted in seven years. I don't know if you, he was in Dick Tracy what about Bob Hook was the last movie he did in 1991. He was actually, he quit acting. He was at MIT and he just kind of like put the word out. I'm taking roles. He did like a, a film reel and Elfont and Kaplan saw him and like, okay, this is our William Lichter. And this was seven years out of acting and he came back and this was actually, he did one movie in 2018 that looked like nothing I've ever heard of, but other than that, he's this was his last big movie role. He hasn't really done anything. He uh, well, he hasn't done anything in acting. He graduated from Yale in 2007 and was uh, from Yale Law. So he's been very successful out of acting. But I like uh, Charlie Corsmo in this role. Um, Adam Hanbird, I just not anyone I really think of. I Danielle, he was in Halloween H2O, he was like the uh, Josh Harnett and Michelle Williams' friends, like the one kid the guy who you kind of like forget about. He was killed by Michael Myers. I don't know if that rings a bell for you. He's the guy you kind of forget about. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, like, the one friend <laughs> who's kind of obnoxious. And so, so I totally forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And so did the movie. So, so tough break for my guy there. Um, either of you have any internet things? Well, I just wanted to piggyback on Charlie Corsmo. Sure. Uh, he, he has not aged a day. Okay, he still looks like that little boy he was in when he played Jack in Hook. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was so funny. I was trying to place him this, the entire movie. 
and he looks exactly the same. It's so funny. Yes. Yes. Really good. I, I loved him in this movie. And I, he's, he said in an interview, his favorite movie was that he was in was Dick Tracy, which, you know, I liked him in that, in that role too. I really don't think he had a bad role. Dick Tracy. What about Bob hook and this like pretty good, pretty good short career. So I, I enjoyed him. Uh, Jackie, what's that, another internet thing you have? I got a few here. I've got a fun one that the writer, writers and directors, Harry Elfon and Deborah Kaplan, approach this movie from a very practical perspective. Yes. Their thought process was wondering what was the cheapest way they could do this in one location? What hadn't been done? And they figured, well, no one's done a high school movie in a while, so why not? And that's how the movie came to be. Right. And uh, do you know what the original title of this was? I don't. Okay. The original title for this was The Party, which seems kind of basic. And in the original script, Preston, Kenny, Mike, and William were friends. And okay. this was kind of like their last hurrah. But they s- decided to change the elements of it to have these guys kind of representing different factions of high school. And we don't. I'm looking at this now. Yeah, none of these characters really interact with each other throughout the movie. They're kind of all like, they're like a degree of, like kind of uh, Denise is kind of like the link between all of them. And yeah, none of them really, I think there's one scene where Kenny walks by Mike and Mike does like a flinch to him and Kenny jumps like 10 feet back. Um, But other than that, there's really, there's really no interaction between the the four male leads. Um, Yeah, I think they got this right making the adjustments that they made. Uh, Danielle, any internet things? Well, I want to add on to the the party um, motif. Sure. The that was inspired. I don't remember the scene, but it's inspired by the party that takes place in Say Anything. Yes, yes. So that's where they they wanted it to be a callback to that and to John Hughes, right? Um, to that time. Uh, okay. One thing I read was. Uh, Ethan Embry was apparently a massive pothead back yes. then. And mm-hmm. so, and he said that he uh, can't remember like most of what went on because he was high all the time. And <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt, um, when she had to kiss him, gave him mints. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. She had him sent, she had like a whole basket of 50 different kinds of mints sent to his trailer before that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and apparently he didn't read the that script to this movie at all. He, he he's never seen this movie in its entirety. He just read he read the parts that he was in, and that that was it. So you know, it it didn't. Uh, I don't think it affected the film at all. He was I thought he was pretty good in this. So maybe some people just operate better uh, under the influence. But yeah, interesting interesting little tidbit there. Um, Oh, I was surprised to hear that he was so loaded during filming because apparently he fought pretty hard for this role. Yeah. I believe he was um, being considered for William. Yes. And he did not want that typecast anymore. And he wanted to be the guy who gets the girl. Right. So I was really surprised that maybe he didn't take it as seriously, but it all kind of worked out. Yeah, because he had played all these like kind of dorky characters like in Empire Records or uh, that thing you do. He was also the son in Vegas Vacation mm-hmm. and he, uh, Nick Papa Giorgio. Um, so he was kind of like these like awkward characters. And yeah, he did fight for 
to be the leading man that gets to kiss the girl at the end of the movie. And I think the movie was uh, better off for it. Um, another thing, Jackie, in our last episode on bringing on, we talked about a lot of things that movie had to do to avoid an R rating. There was a yes. sim- similar circumstances with this one. Uh, Jennifer Elise Cox, not another household name, but she played Jan Brady in the Brady Bunch movies. She was in this movie for a lot of scenes as quote unquote crying drunk girl and she's going through this movie she's so drunk that her lines are subtitled so it's meant to be like she's slurring her words so poorly we can't see what she we don't understand what she's saying so she needs to be subtitles there were if you you go on imdb you see like the list of scenes that she was in she was like in a good chunk of this movie and every one of her scenes was cut out because they thought this would give the movie an, an r rating and a, a tough, tough break for her. She's actually in this movie in when William is singing Paradise City. We see crowd surfing. She's one of the girls crowd surfing. And it's she's in an uncredited role as crowd surfing girl. But her whole her whole shit was axed here just to avoid an R rating. And it's kind of ironic when you think about this, because this was about a year or so before American Pie, before just these R rated teen comedies just kind of like were OK and made a lot of money. So Tough break, uh, just poor timing, I guess. But I, I don't think it, it hurt the movie necessarily. I don't know if this was like super crude, if this makes the movie better. But yeah, and another thing to avoid an R rating, we see the scene where the girl whose party it is opens her refrigerator and is kind of like mortified. Um, apparently, when she opened her door, she sees a dildo in the refrigerator. Oh, that's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. I was trying funny. to Google that. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> That's another thing. There's a whole list. Uh, there's a lot of deleted scenes here that um, apparently Amber Benson, who you mentioned earlier, was um, was a girl who was really high all the time, Danielle, and mm-hmm. her scenes yep. were mostly cut from the movie as well. So t- tough break for, for these guys. <laughs> they had made this movie maybe a year later. They probably would have been more prominently featured. So this, okay, this is so borderline R. And to capitalize on that teen audience, so key for the the movie to make money here and all those tweaks that you're talking about are great i had a few more to add to that um so some of them they actually had to cg a few things um one was where they had uh, a beer pong and um they changed it into a kid inhaling um helium from a balloon (laughs) and then there was also another part I had some of the same ones as you. Oh, um, Mike is supposed to be doing a shot. No, no. William's supposed to be doing a shot of tequila. And they CG'd it into a lemon instead because of the underage drinking. Right. There. And let's see. And then there was uh, some practical things where... You know, Mike and William are sitting at the piano and they're drinking the whiskey there. Well, allegedly drinking. We don't actually see them take a drink. They cut away when the actual sip happens and then they cut back right when they're setting the drink down to imply that they took that drink but not actually show it. So that was another shortcut around that border bar. (laughs) And it wound up being just this movie we mentioned earlier. It was in the theaters for three weeks. It didn't really, it wasn't like a cash cow. So I, I don't know if their, their logic, we talked about bringing on in our last episode, how that made a lot of money 
and it probably benefited from keeping it away from an R rating. I don't necessarily think that keeping this movie away from an R rating had any benefit. Uh, Danielle, I know you had some thoughts to add on to that. Um, it's actually a completely different topic. I just, sure. I realized that I, I don't know if it really fits anywhere, but, okay. but I just want to call it out. So the scene where um, Kenny uses the bathroom, right, with with uh, Denise in the room and her head's turned and, you know, whatever. And he had the funny thing with him dimming the lights and all that stuff. He doesn't wash his hands after. Ah. I noticed that. And I was like, gross, man. I would be like, mm -mm, yeah. you know. So, uh, but yeah, I picked up on it. Don't ask me why. And, and uh, yes, yeah, so I just wanted to show that because I don't think most people catch that. No, I didn't catch it. But usually like in real life, if I'm in a bathroom and I see someone like walk by and they don't wash their hands, I'm uh, silently judging them very, Ew. very heavily. <laughs> yeah. So, and they're in a bathroom for heaven's sakes. That would have been right. an easy thing to throw in. Right. Good. Because he didn't have any soap in that in the love kit. <laughs> okay i do have uh one more fact sure. um that i'm glad they didn't do okay um originally in the original script preston falls for denise okay yeah so we could have had a story with him falling for his best friend and you know what happens there and i i like that trope but I, I like what they chose to do in the end, you know, and I, I like this better. And they did mention that they had dated in eighth grade oh, for, yeah. for about a week. So it would have been like a, getting back together. But yeah, ultimately, uh, him and Jennifer Love Hewitt winding up together and then Denise and Kenny winding up together. I thought yep. it was uh, every, everybody left this movie happy. Maybe not uh, Mike Dexter, but <laughs> <laughs> all the characters. Yeah. So I think I am tapped on Internet things. Are we, are we all? I've got one more. Surely. So the fraternity on Trip McNeely's polo shirt yes. is Delta Iota Cat, <laughs> which spells out dick. Yep. Well, <laughs> poor, poor Jerry O'Connell. It's good to, good to see him in, the, in this cameo. But yeah, probably uh, not the best name for a frat there. <laughs> There's some good details in this yeah. movie. <laughs> All right. So trivia. Jackie, you or I? Go ahead, Dave. All right. So in this movie, Jennifer Love Hewitt was nominated for an MTV Movie Award for Best Female Performance. She did not win, however. Who did? Was it Cameron Diaz for There's Something About Mary? Nev Campbell for Wild Things? Liv Tyler for Armageddon? Jennifer Lopez for Out of Sight? Or Meg Ryan for City of Angels. Danielle, take first guess. What was the first one? Cameron Diaz. There's something about Mary. I go with her. All right. You're taking something about Mary. Jackie. This is MTV Movie Awards. It is. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to agree with Danielle. Um, just just coincidentally, um, I'd say Cameron Diaz. Great job. Both of you are, are accurate. Good. Good job. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't argue with that. Great, great uh, MTV Movie Award performance. Maybe not an Oscar performance, but for an MTV Movie Award, yeah, Cameron Diaz. I, I can't I was argue. I going to say, very MTV. <laughs> All right, Jackie, what do you got? 
Okay, so we were talking about the profiles that we see for the introduction of the characters earlier. And uh, I was hinting that I have a question about that for William Lichter. Um, which of these is not included on the scrolling credentials for William? Okay. okay. Valedictorian, captain of the state physics bowl, bowling team, state spelling bee champion, Eagle Scout, Knitting Guild President, Soapbox Derby Champion, or Anti-Athletic Club? Um, I can repeat them if you need me to. No, 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 no it's, it's fine. Um, who, who first, me or Danielle? Um, Danielle, go ahead. I need you to repeat them. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I've, yeah, I do, I do. Well, this will be mine as well. <laughs> okay. Captain of the State Physics Bowl team, State Spelling Bee champion, Eagle Scout, Knitting Guild president, Soapbox Derby champion, Anti-Athletic Club. Okay, the knitting, the knitting one I'm going with. Okay. Yeah, I feel like knitting sounds like the logical one. I don't see him knitting. Am I? Okay. Are we right? Yes, you're both correct. Now. On a side note, I'm kind of curious. What 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 does one do at an anti-athletic club? I don't know, but I'm kind of curious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I have one. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, nice. let's do it. Hit it. All right, and of course, it's going to be Buffy-centric. Oh, um, yeah, I got no chance. Maybe course. Jackie has a better chance of being. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't know. Okay, right, so, we're, so... We're straight throwing darts at the wall here, blindfolded. Yep. All right, which of these actors that were in the movie... Out of the actors that were in the movie, which one did not guest star on Buffy or be in Buffy at some point in time? Okay. Okay. Seth Green, Amber Benson, Brecken Meyer, Clea Duvall, Eric Balfour, or Paige Moss? Okay. The first two were easy. That was Amber Benson and Seth Green, definitely in Buffy. Um... All right, here we go. I'm blindfolded, just throwing shit at the wall here. I'll go uh, Paige Moss. That'll be my guess. Okay. Jackie? Could you repeat from Breckenmeyer on, please, yes. Danielle? Breckenmeyer, Clea Duvall, Eric Balfour, Paige Moss. I'll just say Breckenmeyer. I have no idea. You got it. Ooh! What? Good job, Jackie. <laughs> Good job, Jackie. Thank I know, you. All I know right. you got that right from all your binging of Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Y'all are missing out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So award time. Um, we have two awards to give on Dollar Theater. We do this. So the first one is sixth man or woman of the movie. And this is a basketball term for anyone who doesn't watch basketball. Sixth man is someone who is not the star of the team, but comes in for a little bit and has a serious, seriously positive impact on the game. Or in this case, we're talking about movies. Um, the three of us kind of talked about in the week, during the week, the general rule of thumb is that for this is someone who's not on the poster, but there's really no clear cut star of this movie. So it's truly an ensemble. This could have went, Anyway, so my for me, my two picks for this, I was kind of waffling back and forth between Lauren Ambrose as Denise Fleming 
and Charlie Cosmo as William Lichter. And I ultimately went for for my sixth woman of the movie. I went Lauren Ambrose as Denise Fleming. I just I like her in this. She's kind of the only character in this movie without an agenda. You know, Preston had True. noble intentions, but ultimately his his objective was to get laid. Um, William, same. His objective going in was revenge. And Denise, she was just, you know, Preston wanted her to go to the party with him. And she was a good friend. And I really like Lauren Ambrose as an as an actor. Um, Danielle, I know we're both big six feet underheads. And I'm also watching Servant, which is currently on Apple TV. So she's still, you know, very prominent in things and i like her career i like her in this movie so my sixth woman of the movie goes to lauren ambrose as denise danielle which direction did you go all right so i'm i guess i'm a little confused on the the award system okay. um laura lauren ambrose wasn't on the poster well we kind of threw that out because of the ensemble nature of the movie okay so Okay, so then if that's the case, then Seth Green, 100%. Seth Green is your, all right, six, yes. so you went sixth man. Uh, yep. What's your, anything to add on Seth Green? What's, what's your, uh, just just love him? Oh, uh, just, I mean, he's, every scene he's in is magic. All right, fair. And Jackie, where'd you, where'd you land on this one? I was kind of going back and forth between uh, Charlie Cosmo and Seth Green Okay. And I ended up going with Charlie. Okay. Um, I thought he he was the most interesting to watch. He has this, you know, he has his ridiculous scheme and he turns into an absolute rock star. (laughs) I love that flip flop and that totally unexpected uh, turnaround for him. And he, he was really entertaining to watch for me. Excellent. So we can't argue with any of our choices. We got three different three different choices. I went Lauren Ambrose, Danielle went Seth Green, and Jackie went uh, Charlie Cosmo. Excellent. So good good choices by all. MVP of the movie, which is kind of self explanatory, but MVP means most valuable player. Um, for me, this was a two horse race. It was um, it was between Seth Green and Jennifer Love Hewitt for me, and I kind of. I waffled back and forth, and ultimately, I went Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, I looked Seth Green, his career. This is um, an excellent role for him, but I think when you look back at the career of Seth Green, most people will think of him from the Austin Powers movies or as the voice of Chris Griffin and Family Guy. I think when you look back at Jennifer Love Hewitt's career, you look, you zoom in on this movie. Like this is her signature role. This is you think of her and can't hardly wait. Maybe you think of her and I know what you did last summer, but I think most people would think this is. Jennifer Love Hewitt is the girl from Can't Hardly Wait. So I went Jennifer Love Hewitt for my MVP of the movie. Danielle? So with the whole characters, uh, who's a main character, who's not thing, for my MVP, I picked Lauren Ambrose. Okay. So I considered her to be a main character. um, And I just, I loved her scenes as well. Loved her attitude. Kind of similar to who I was in high school, so uh, so yeah, she was she was my pick. Can't argue it, Jackie. I ended up choosing Seth Green. Okay, he wasn't necessarily like a major major player. I mean, who was? But he made me laugh the most. I was not expecting that at all. 
and yeah, he he brought it home. Excellent. So all good choices. Can't argue any of them. Yeah, this was a tough one because we'll, we'll, the last our last episode was Con Air, and it was like this is definitively a Nicolas Cage movie, but you cannot say this is definitively an anyone movie on this one. So just it was kind of just a free for all, and it's fun. So there's no like strict rules or anything. Danielle, what is something good you watched this week? I just started Titans. All right, tell me. Um, I watched the first episode and I loved it. Um, I was like, okay, I, you know, like with certain shows, it just clicks right away and you just know like, okay, this is going to be a show I'm going to be into. Um, Just the way they set everything up and I'm loving uh, Dick Grayson slash Robin on that show. Um, he's just really like cool and badass and yeah. um yeah. and there's literally I had always heard about this, but it was cool to actually see it. Um they make some like reference to to Batman and he says F Batman, although <laughs> he actually says it, you know? Yeah. And and it's just something so so cool about it. I was just like, Yeah, this show rocks and it's very violent, completely different from Marvel, you know, like it's okay. it's like lots of blood and violence and I like it. Good show. Is it a lot of uh, newcomers or are there any household names in the cast? Uh, I would say newcomers. I didn't see anybody that I recognized. All right. Cool. Nothing wrong with that. Jackie? I watched the series finale to The Expanse. It's an awesome show that takes place in space. I know I've brought it up uh, at least once. And it went through six seasons. Um. And I'm, I won't go into it too much since I've talked about it before, no, but fine. I'm really, really happy with how everything worked out. And I hear that there's a possible continuation on the horizon. Okay. So it just, um, it might take place in the future, 10 to 20 years. There's uh, a book series about this. So I'm really curious to see how it works out. Um, glad they wrapped it up at this point. I'm glad they didn't try to overextend this show and make filler episodes. I think they're getting better and better about that these days, having shorter seasons. And I would rather, I would rather see six to eight episodes instead of 10 episodes with a few fillers. Okay. Just more quality, quality shows. So, um, but I'm looking forward to seeing more in a spinoff. I know you're you're not the only person I've heard talk about this show. So I, I know and this is on Amazon, correct? Um, yes, it is because it was uh, Jeff Bezos' favorite show, and <laughs> Sci-Fi had originally dropped this show, okay. and he wanted to see more of it, and so he picked it up around season three, I believe, and yeah, it it got pretty real in that season. Okay. It's, I'm it's on the... my radar. I'm hearing yeah, them talk about yeah. it a lot more, primarily from you, Jackie, but I've, I have heard other people talk about it, not just in the movie group, but in other places as well. So um, this, this might be one, uh, I might, my FOMO might uh, increase and I might wind up just hitting play at some point. It's quality. It's All right. So I'm a double show here this week. I know last episode, I, I cited a couple of movies. Um, I started Mayor of Kingstown on uh, recently acquired Paramount Plus and I watched the first episode, and this is from Taylor Sheridan, who is the showrunner for Yellowstone and also 1883, the new Yellowstone 
prequel, which I haven't got to yet. Um, but Jeremy Renner essentially plays like a Michael Clayton, Ray Donovan type character in the prison system. So he's like a fixer and he doesn't have an allegiance to anybody, but he kind of like negotiates truces between like the gangs and the prison. It's pretty intense. I watched the first episode. Um, really good. It's good to see him acting because I did, I did enjoy Hawkeye, but he was like the fifth best thing about Hawkeye to me. He looked like he did not want to be there at all. He was like, I have a contractual obligation to be here. And in this show, he's, he's kind of going for it. He's, he's really good. Um, Aiden Gillen, who played Littlefinger in Game of Thrones is in this as like a prison mob boss, uh, a Russian. So that's another cool element. I, I love him. That was my favorite character on Game of Thrones before they totally fucked him up. Not going to go down that rabbit hole, but um, enjoy him. And yeah, Mayor of Kingstown, it just ended. So I, I watched the first episode. There's 10. They're all on Paramount+. Plus. So I'm going to keep on that. Danielle, you have Paramount+, Plus, don't you? Yeah, okay. I ditched that show. You did? Okay, you quit. Okay, but I'm not quitting. I'm going to... I know. I, I quit on episode two. I just... what, what was the reasoning? I, I just found it boring. Okay. I liked Jeremy Renner's character. I did like his character, but I just, you know, I guess the prison system didn't interest me. Like, the premise of it just didn't interest me. You know, I really watched it because Jeremy Renner was in it, you know? Because okay. I like him. He's a good actor. All right. Well, I know you didn't quit my second thing I'm going to cite here because I re-picked up The Leftovers. <sighs> yes, I know you didn't quit that one. Um, I So I had watched this. The, I think the first season was in 2014. Um, I had watched all of season one. And this was when I was like really busy with college. So for whatever reason, just the stars didn't align when season two hit. And I never I just stopped. I just dropped it. And and then same deal in the movie group. I heard. I, you definitely were one of the people, Danielle, and I heard uh, a couple other people start talking about the show again. And I did watch Watchmen, another Damon Lindelof show, which I really enjoyed. So I decided to pick this up again. Didn't even realize Margaret Qualley plays the daughter. This is this how long, how far removed I am from this show. So it was good to see her. Obviously, I watched Made, and I've seen a bunch of other things with her. She's a really talented actor. Um, so I did watch the premiere of leftovers which i had seen so it was kind of like just re recharging neurons in my brain there um danielle i know you're very well versed in the show jackie were you on this at all no but i've heard the title tossed around a bit um it sounds kind of interesting yeah so it's basically the premise is one tell me and danielle correct me if i'm wrong one percent of the world's population just randomly disappears with no explanation and then we kind of fast forward. So the, the opening scene is a woman in her car with her baby and her baby's crying. And then all of a sudden she stops hearing the baby crying and she turns around and sees the baby seat and there's no baby in it. And then we just see, we see another kid grocery shopping and he's, we see a cart and the cart's just moving. And he's like, dad, dad. And we see a car crash. It's just like, holy shit. These people just essentially were Thanos snapped, but yeah. in, in, well, in real life. And it's just 1%. So I guess that's like, I don't know, a couple million people just randomly disappeared. And then they go three years later, there's a cult, um, just really good cast. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot of like moving pieces. So I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I picked it up again. It's 28 episodes. So this will, you know, I'm not going to finish this overnight, but it's, it's also probably realistically something I'll finish before the summer. So I'm, I'm so excited. 
<laughs> I, I'm going to be like, I was harassing you to watch you. I'm totally going to be harassing you in uh, the movie group. So just, just you wait. And well, then, you were, you were harassing me about you because I, I was watching you, but I wasn't watching it fast enough for you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, when you see the episode in season two, International Assassin, if you do not message me right after, I will kill you. Just so I've, you know. I, I will I will put that in my notes app. That is that is my favorite episode of that show. All right. Well, I don't want to die, so I will, <laughs> I, will put, I will put that in the notes. Okay. Danielle, on that note, where can people follow you? Uh, on Instagram, I am Danielle four one five one five. Excellent, Jackie. You can follow me on Instagram too at Jackie Lynn nine nine point five. Awesome. And you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at DDEM2000. You can follow the Instagram for this podcast at Dollar Theater Pod. You can also follow the Instagram and Twitter for our other show, Was It That Bad? at Was It That Bad Pod. If you would like to talk about Can't Hardly Wait or any other movie or show with myself, Danielle, Jackie, or hundreds of other great people. You can join the Movie and Television Talk Facebook group. Just type that into a group search. We are the red cover photo. Jackie, we have an exciting two weeks coming up. What's happening? Yes. Next week, we're covering The Burbs. Yes. And the week after, we're, co- we're covering Natural Born Killers. Excited for both of those. Danielle, any thoughts on either of those? I've watched both of those within the last six months. So... Uh... So that's cool. The Burbs I saw for the first time oh, cool. uh, within the last six months because of the group. Somebody somebody was uh, lobbying for it for me to watch it, and I did, and I enjoyed it. And Natural Born Killers is Natural Born Killers. So Yes, yes. Awesome. I, think, I think depending on the day, you what's your favorite Oliver Stone movie? Some days I would say Natural Born Killers. Some days I would say Any Given Sunday. Um, for, the, for the week leading up to the pod, I'm going to go Natural Born Killers. So very exciting stuff. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was a blast talking to you. Jackie, pleasure as always. Thanks, Dave. Danielle. All right. Thank you. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Night, everybody. Night.